Cryotherapy, it's certainly an area that gets a great deal of attention, a lot of publicity just by its very name and things associating with freezing and the study of freezing. We're going to talk a little bit about that and other issues with Renee Ebersol, and we're going to talk about the science of, I guess it's called new science of body freezing. You know, when, when I think of body freezing, I think of Walt Disney. I think of Ted Williams and stories like that, not necessarily cryotherapy, treatment, those sorts of things, and medical benefits. The whole concept of suspended animation is really where, where my mind goes, and I'm wondering if a lot of my physician audience thinks the same way because they don't know a lot about it. So tell me a little about a little bit of the history of cryotherapy, what you know of it, and how the, the benefits that could maybe make a difference in the medical world. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. A lot of people do immediately go to cryogenics, and the interesting thing about cryogenics is, you know, there are a lot of people just sort of on ice at the moment, um, and they don't really know how to repair the damage from freezing for those people, those many people who are at the facilities where they're doing cryogenics. Um, the thing about cryo, um, cryotherapy that's very different is it's, it's not putting your body uh, on ice. It's not, you know, some of those people, they get their heads severed. Um, you know, it's a, a much more invasive procedure after you're dead. Uh, this is more like uh, just cooling down your body. Athletes have been using uh, icing for cooling their bodies and reducing inflammation for a very long time. And now there's this great new trend to use cryo spas, um, cryotherapy units. I, they have them at some gyms. There's cryotherapy salons popping up in many cities. And the idea is basically they chill your body down to um, a pretty low temperature and try to keep the skin temperature at about 40 degrees. And uh, you go in for about three minutes or so. It depends on the, on the uh, spa that you go in for roughly three minutes. They chill the air temperature down to about negative 264 degrees. Uh, nitrogen chilled air, and uh, it puts your body into um, sort of survival mode. So you start burning off a lot of calories, they say, and um, it, overall it's supposed to help with uh, reducing inflammation. And there have been some studies to suggest that's the case. Right. Now, we do know there are certain medical benefits, for instance, in, in medical settings and hospitals. You, know, you can control bleeding before irreversible damage occurs to the brain, organs, if it's a gunshot victim, in, in cardiac issues. I mean, we do cool the temperatures down to help the body, and we essentially can alter blood flow and make changes. And there's certainly been a lot of studies, and we've seen that in the clinical setting, and there's advantages of that. You you just said it yourself, like, what's the, the studies that are being done? And I can tell you're not exactly pushing the concept of the salons, but tell me a little bit of why it's getting, from your perspective, so much attention. You know, Lindsay Lohan, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Phelps, all these different people who seem to have gravitated toward it. Well, I think, you know, I think in general it, it's getting a lot of buzz because, you know, it's really something new. It's very sexy. And I think that, you know, there's, been a, there's a lot of debate about whether icing does work, and there's a lot of believers who say it is effective and if you're, if you're into icing, you know, you have to sit in a tub of freezing water for, you know, 30 minutes when you can go into a cryotherapy salon and just go for three minutes. It's not a very comfortable three minutes, but certainly better than sitting in a tub of ice water for 30. And you wrote an article in a, a magazine called Outside Magazine where you talk about this and, and in, in your dealings with it and trying to look at the different aspects of it. Did you come away amused, impressed, uh, disappointed, what would you say your take on it was? 
Yeah, I, you know, I tried it. I was um, kind of freaked out a little bit about trying it, but I, I thought, well, it, you know, could be fun, and three minutes isn't a terrible period of time uh, to do it. You can pretty much do anything for three minutes. Um, and it was, it was, it was entertaining because a lot of there were several people there lined up to use the, the chamber, and they really were, you know, full believers in the fact that it was working. Um, one person told me that they'd lost a lot of weight uh, doing it on a real regular basis. Another person uh, said that it was helping his back pain and arthritis. Uh, so it was, it was an interesting uh, peek inside this culture of, um, you know, ice, ice bathers or um, cryotherapy fanatics. What do you see the future of it as we're talking about? Do you think it's something that will continue? Do you see any um, like intrinsic value to it where maybe it will be used in different ways going forward? Well, one of the sources that I talked to um, when I was reporting the article said that the trend is just skyrocketing. There's currently one uh, spa in New York City, and he told me actually by the end of uh, 2016, he thought there would likely be seven. That might be uh, you know an overestimate, but he, he clearly was making the point that these things are becoming increasingly popular. So, you know, I think they'll probably become more widely available to people. Uh, it's not that expensive to do one session at a time. It's about $90, you know, which is probably comparable to going to get a massage. Um, but it's, you know, people might start having them in their homes the way they had tanning beds, you know, more, you know, a lot of people had tanning beds in their homes years ago. Um, I think some athletes and celebrities already have them in their homes, so maybe that's something that will, that trend will take off in the future. Now, you're obviously a writer. You look at different different areas to do articles. What, what excited you about this? What, was it just an assignment you got, or was it something you said, boy, this seems to be a growing trend. I want to look at it. Well, the thing that got me excited about this was I was doing some research, and I kept coming across these cases of people who had reportedly frozen and I'm to near death and were able to uh, be revived because of um, medical treatment and basically more awareness about what's going on with the human physiology in the cold. And it all comes back to that. I mean, these cryotherapy chambers, the idea is you chill your body down to such a cold temperature that, you know, your metabolism gets going, your body's in that, in that um, you know, fight or flight type of uh, mode. And you can, you know, it has these sort of benefits when the, um, the blood goes rushing back to your extremities. You get a real rush of um, blood to your extremities, and um, that has benefits and, you know, endorphins and um, endurance and things. But, you know, it, it all sort of came back, this and some of the other things I wrote about all sort of came back to these cases of these people who were found frozen and uh, were able to be revived. And um, there's a lot of medical science that's coming from that um, discovery which has to do with um, the cold and uh, its effect on human metabolism. You are listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and I'm speaking with Renee Ebersole. We're talking about the new science of freezing could save your life, an article that she um, wrote um, for uh, Outside Magazine. I want to ask you about that a little bit, the, 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 the things we're learning and what you learned about what we're learning, because that is uh, an area in medicine where, we're, we're, I know I'm intrigued by the idea that, you know, when the temperatures go way down, metabolism goes way down, and we're able to um, treat patients um, sometimes far more effectively than we used to, um, can, 
can, you know, basically if you're dealing with situations, especially where you're talking about reducing blood flow, metabolism, those things, what have you learned from the research you did um, as to what the scientists are saying right now? Yeah, it comes, it's a very basic principle. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, basically, as your body cools down, um, if you become very cold very quickly, it helps your body, it actually, the cold actually becomes a protectant. It makes it possible for you to enter basically a state of, um, that's similar to suspended animation in which your metabolism slows to such a pace that your brain and organs can survive on just a tiny bit of oxygen. For every one degree Celsius drop in temperature, your metabolism slows by five to seven percent. Um, so there's so much that already we use that awareness to chill people down when they're um, experiencing cardiac arrest, you know, on that basic level. But doctors are starting to take that much further now. They're looking at using chilling the blood to um, do surgery for people who are, you know, basically on the on death's door because they've had gunshot wounds or, you know, they've they've been injured um, in an accident. There's there's a lot more that can be done with that idea of chilling down the body to lower the metabolism and getting uh, medical benefit. And as we're really, like you said, no, no pun intended, at the tip of the iceberg here looking at this, there's an opportunity for growth and development in, in that area. Um, what have you seen as the dangers from your perspective? I mean, what, what concerns you, especially with this trend and or with um, the changes you're seeing from what you've read about as well? Well, the trend of the cryotherapy uh, spas, I think, I think they need to be regulated. There is no uh, FDA regulation for those at this time. And I think there needs to be some regulation and oversight to make sure that these things are safe um, and, you know, that someone isn't actually going to experience any sort of long-term effects from, you know, there isn't a lot of screening to make sure that someone doesn't have sensitivity to cold, you know, there's no doctor involved in receiving any treatment, and it really is a pretty extreme experience. So that's one thing. I think there needs to be regulation for the cryotherapy uh, spas. I also think that by learning this information about people who are maybe in an outdoor situation where they do appear dead, I think that with more training where people can actually recognize the fact that someone is, isn't, you know, they may appear dead, but they might not necessarily be dead, that they might actually have an opportunity to be rescued and go on to live a completely normal life. If there needs to be more awareness and more protocols for those rescue operations, and I, I hope that, you know, through articles like what I wrote and through conversations like this one, it'll help get the word out that people should be um, re really, you know, you're not really dead before you're warm and dead. It's, it's actually true, I think. Um, it's something that should actually be practiced pretty heavily. Well, I think your warning is a very important one, especially, um, you know, we've learned enough just by um, people who do the indoor tanning, uh, the issues that are associated with it. Um, just because something is in a mall and it's in a store and it appears safe, it doesn't necessarily mean the protection is there or it is regulated. And I think a lot of people don't understand that many of these types of settings, there is no regulation. It's, it's more or less uh, an opportunity for someone to try something out, but at little scientific background. And as far as um, research and what's been done, anything, any studies, anything you've looked at that you feel really stands out as 
something that physicians or other healthcare providers should be really looking at that you came across, some an article, a book, something that you thought uh, really w- was interesting in, in your research? Well, I think the new studies that are happening, there's actually a live human trial happening in uh, Pittsburgh right now where doctors are taking uh, gunshot victims and people who, knife wound victims, and as they arrive at the hospital, if they seem basically, you know, like there's no possible um, opportunity for rescuing them, they're actually doing this very invasive method of removing the blood from the body and replacing it with this very cold saline solution to essentially, potentially, put the person into a state of suspended animation so that they can gain enough time to do the life-saving surgery that they need to do, literally stopping the clock so that those patients can be treated um, before they bleed out um, on the operating table. So I think that that has tremendous possibility, and it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, as those those studies continue to develop and, and are tested at other universities and hospitals. To your point, it makes a lot of sense. It would seem to be physiologically it would make sense because you could slow things down, which is one of the big goals you want to achieve with people who have been victims, and especially if there's massive blood loss. We only have about a minute left with Renee Ebersol. I want to ask you, is there something you wanted to bring up that you thought was important we should have addressed? There's a lot of potential for uh, life-saving medicine that can come from the discoveries about people and physiology and the the limits of uh, withstanding the cold and the, you know, really uh, the line between life and death, depending on where it actually lies. Um, so I think I think we're learning a lot more about that, and I think we have a lot more to learn. I admire the researchers who are really trying to take things to another level and look and thinking out of the box and trying to uh, save people who up until now might have been considered unsavable. I think this is a really exciting time for science and medicine, and uh, a lot of it might have to do with cold. Well, Renee Ebersole, I want to thank you for joining us on Primary Care Today. Essentially, we've gone from the stories of Walt Disney and Ted Williams to something that really does have an impact and a a real potential impact in our own health and our own health care system. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit reachmd.com slash primary care today. You can download the podcast and learn more on the series. Thank you so much for listening.